Wow. Um, so before you throw tomatoes at me, the Bible says that we're called to carry our cross, and this is the cross <clears throat> that I have to carry because I do believe in loyalty. <laughs> I was raised in the state of Washington, and when I was a kid, uh, the Seahawks, they started sometime in my childhood, but they were so bad. I think my high school team could have beat them back then. And so the Cowboys were on. We had three channels. They were on every single Sunday during football season. And, and I would watch them, people like Tony Dorsett and folks like that, Roger Staubach. And some of you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, I got some young people in my family. There's a lot of young people in this room. And some of you, some of you know that uh, Jordans are still the greatest selling shoe of all time, right? Jordans. Some of you have Jordans. Well, when Caleb was talking about his childhood and watching the Kings, I, I can't forget, I had the privilege of watching Michael Jordan live on my TV. My junior year, sophomore year of high school, um, the coach got us all Jordans to wear. If, had I kept those, they'd be worth you know, $8,000 right now. Of course, I used them to go work on a farm and uh, had no idea they were going to be worth so much. And pretty much, if you think of the number 23, you think of Jordan, right? It's just the way it is. 23 Jordan, 23 Jordan. So I have a little prophetic word for you right now. What if 2023 was the year you crossed your Jordan? Never know, right? Some of you are like, oh, that's, that's kind of corny. Yeah, sure. But what if? What if this year was the year that you got to cross the promised land. You know, there was a guy by the name of Caleb in Scripture who, when he came back and reported with Joshua, he too reported that there was giants over there, but he realized something different than the other ten spies. And I think your pastor, your pastor's wife, they have the same gift. If there's giants over there, there must be a giant blessing. It's just a change of perspective, right? If there's the other ten, if there's giants over there, they're going to kill us. But two of them said, if there's giants over there, there must be a giant. If you want a giant promise, you got to go take on some giants. If you want a giant blessing, you got to go take on. Anyway, that's a whole other, whole other message. I want to take this opportunity. Some of you will be screaming at the TV today. Uh, not that your team is playing, but just for fun. You'll just be screaming. Everybody there will be screaming, cheering, all of that. If you've ever been to the old Arco Arena, you remember how loud that got. I want you to give it up for two people that behind the scenes, you have no idea what they do before Sunday game day. You don't know maybe if you've never been a pastor, and I saw Pastor Perry when I, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous because Pastor Perry is here, um, but you have no idea that pastors don't have the ability to turn it off. Uh, on vacation, they're still praying for you. They're thinking about you. It's just the way it is. They, these guys love you. Uh, they bring their best for you. And I want you to give a super bold cheer for your pastors, Caleb and Chrissy Cole. Come on. I want to celebrate you guys. Um, at Convoy, I'm uh, one of two guys that are bilingual, so I go to a lot of Hispanic churches, and 
I just want you to know, if you, if you didn't know this, I want to tell you now. Uh, Caleb's real name is Caleb. <laughs> and he's my Latino brother. Um, it, it is awesome to be here. Thank you for all you've done uh, for Convoy of Hope. This church has been amazing, an amazing partner. Um, I have the privilege of, of working not for Convoy, but with Convoy. Because we want to see people's lives change all over the world. And we are a bridge from your church to hurting people. Um, we, we are wheels, literally wheels on the ground. Your church gives and we're able to go. And I want to celebrate um, that we are now above 250,000. We reached over 500,000 kids per school day last year. Can you give it up to Jesus? That's because of you. That's because of you. That's because of your faithfulness. This church tithes on their tithe. There's not a whole lot of churches that do that. And you're able to do things not only for convoy, but for the kingdom. You have, you have set girls free. You have fed kids. You have done so many things with different kinds of missions organizations. You've put Bibles in the hands of people all over the world. And I want to celebrate 10 years of ministry with you. This is a privilege. 10 years. You're 10 years old and you're still here. And you're going somewhere and it is going to be phenomenal. God isn't finished with you. The best days are yet to come. Amen? The best days are yet to come. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about my best friend. You know him. You know him. You've said his name. His name is Jesus. I can't tell you that the Cowboys will win next year, but I can tell you Jesus will. I can't tell you that the Eagles will win today, but I can tell you Jesus will. Oh, I wish I had an organ right now. <laughs> I can't tell you that the Chiefs will win, but the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, he'll win. How many of you know he's undefeated? He's the champion of champions, and when you have a bad day, he is still undefeated. When you sit around going, I'm not really sure if God is in this. He's still undefeated. He is your undefeated champion. And you know what? Jesus is Jesus all by himself. I don't make Jesus Jesus. I don't put him on the throne. He's already on a throne. He's already having all the authority and all the power and dominion. It's all his. It's my faith that connects me to him. To all he can do and all he wants to do in my life. Jesus came to be an example. He came to annihilate sin. He came to defeat death. He came to preach good news to the poor. He came to transform all of us. Jesus doesn't want to date you. He wants to marry you. Jesus doesn't want to flirt with you. He wants to transform you. He wants to make you something you, you didn't even think about. He wants to make you a person that's more connected to your future than your past. He wants to make you the kind of person that is able to uh, go into a room and change the temperature of the room because of the anointing of God on your life. Jesus wants to change you so he can change the world. He had a plan. He had a plan. He was going to hang out with 12 dudes. And 11 of them were going to carry this gospel message forward so that Project Church could be 10 years old one day. What does that mean? That means Jesus uses people. Jesus transforms people so he can use people. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. 
I'd rather bow today because I don't want to bow by force, but everybody will bow. Everybody will have to acknowledge his lordship and how wonderful he is. And listen, Jesus sets you free. This is a house of freedom because it's dedicated to him. And everywhere Jesus is, freedom follows. As he was walking to a man's house by the name of Jairus, a woman would touch him and she would be free. And then he would show up to the house and set a little girl free from death. That's who Jesus is. That's who Jesus is. He is a deliverer. He is a savior. And he's your best friend. Somebody say amen. amen. Mark 5, 1. I love this story. It reminds me of a time that uh, when I was a kid, we were in the old school uh, Pentecostal church. It's just fun to say Pentecostal. And um, how many of you know revival happens everywhere? There is a non-charismatic school right now, Asbury University. You should look it up. Asbury University, they, they have chapel. The chapels have never been super dynamic. A few days ago, they started having a chapel service at 10 a.m. It hasn't ended three days later. How many of you know God can still move? God can still do God. <laughs> and he does it very, very well. But when I was a kid, we didn't, uh, well, we weren't allowed um, to... Uh, to go to dances, so, so how else could you like hold someone's hand when there's music playing? Christians went roller skating. <laughs> so it was at a roller skating rink in the Tri-Cities in Washington where I was there and, and you know, it's, you're just looking forward to when the sign changes in the roller rink and it says, couples skate. <laughs> and you better know how to skate, um, but it is a kind of a cool thing if you've ever been roller skating and you act like you don't know how and the girl has to hold you up. It's, it's just beautiful. Uh, but we were there one time and it was close to Halloween and they were going to do the debut of one of the most famous videos of all time on MTV. It was Thriller. And I remember watching it and it was, you know, first time. I know some of you have seen it. You're like, this is corny. But back then, man, it was like... Wow. I mean, the graphics were top, top of the line. Michael Jackson spent a lot of money on this thing. It was all these, all these things coming out of the grave. And this. when I see this story in Scripture, I don't know why I think of Thriller. I know I need deliverance. Pray for me. But that's, that's what I think of. So in my mind, I'm hearing the song and I'm seeing, you know, I'm not, that, that's what I'm seeing. The Bible says that Jesus said, let's go to the other side, and on the way there was a storm, and you all know this, but why did they get to the other side? Simply because Jesus said so. Do you know that when Jesus speaks over you and says, you're going to get through this, no matter what comes your way, you're going to get through it? Because he said so. His word is enough for you to stand on. So he says, we're going to get to the other side. But when they cross the lake, you know, you just been, has anybody ever just been through a storm only to get hit by a big wave when you thought you were through it? Right? You, you've been through this issue and then all of a sudden another issue on the other side hits you. You need to realize the reason he allowed you to go through the first issue was to build your faith so that when that other thing came, you would have the faith to get through that too. So this is what happens. Mark 5, 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs. Thriller! Right? To meet him. This man lived in the tombs. You see, he was, 
And no one could bind him. And this is, this is weird. I mean, just, you gotta like, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is awesome. The Bible is awesome. It's better than any romance novel. It's better than any telenovela. Right? Dos caminos, un amor. I don't know. It's better than all of that. And, and here's this guy. The man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore. Not even with a chain. Time out. This guy had the ability to break out of chains. But he did not have the ability to be free. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart, broke the irons on his feet, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Question, what happens when your chains fall off, but you're still not free? For him, breaking free from chains was only part of the freedom that he really needed. Some of you are, you get to the point where you break free from some sort of addiction or whatever. And you're like, finally it's gone. Only to find out that Jesus still is working on some other things. Hello? Because sometimes chains fall off, but the symptoms go deeper than what you saw on the outside. It's kind of like what's happening at my house right now because during the rain, right, the storm came and, and all of a sudden I'm picking something up off the floor. It's soaking wet and I'm like, what is going on? And water was seeping through this shelf-like thing that's on the outside of the house that wraps around it. It was seeping through there. It had rained around here for years, right? Well, not like this couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, where it rained every single day and it didn't stop. How many of you know, sometimes you could paint your house really pretty. You can decorate it real nice, not knowing that there's dry rot behind that wall. <laughs> Isn't that kind of how life is sometimes? A storm will come and it'll expose something you thought was gone. And you've painted, right? You made yourself look real nice. You put on brand new shoes. You did everything, but... The storm is what helped expose what you really needed. So we got to fix our house and we got to discover that it's not as uh, well kept behind those walls that I thought it was. As a matter of fact, the contractor said if you waited 20 more years, that whole wall would have just fallen down during a storm. How many of you know God wants to point things out because he doesn't want things falling down one day? Night and day among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out. And cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me? This is a demon-possessed man, okay? You're going to find out in a moment, thousands of demons in him. And he says this, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? This guy had disciples in the boat just a little while ago that got up and said, who is this man? Right? The storm goes away and his own buddies, his disciples, who is this guy? And here's this demon-possessed dude saying, Jesus, son of the most high. He knew his name. Ladies and gentlemen, if you know his name, there still might be some issues in your life. If you know his name, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm pointing things out that have been pointed out in my life I feel like I've gone through things so that when I get to preach I get to share how God has been good to me 
and how God wants to be good to you. And if you're here today and you're going through a storm or you feel like something is trying to trap you once again, maybe that thing that you thought was gone is coming full circle today, you are in a house of freedom. Because wherever Jesus is, freedom comes. At the top of his voice, he begins to yell about Jesus. He knew his name. He knew his position. He even knew his authority because watch what he says here in just a moment. He knew his authority. He says this, in God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? What is your name? Jesus saw the issue behind the man. Jesus is not ignorant of your issues. He wants to speak to those issues. He wants to cast those issues out of your life so they never hang you up again. He says, what's your name? In this case, this man says, my name is Legion. Some, some uh, uh, scholars say, and they add, for I am many. Here in this version, it says, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. I, I, you know, today is, it's not spiritual warfare Sunday. It's freedom Sunday. Amen. But how many of you know that there are spirits that are doing battle in places that we don't see all the time. And God wants to set us free to live a life where we are spiritually connected with what God is doing. And Satan is truly under our feet. We live in Sacramento, California. How many of you know there is real spiritual warfare that takes place in Sacramento, California? Do you know how much, I'm just going to say this and please, you know how much it bothers the enemy that Project Church is right here, near the Capitol, by where a bunch of clubs are, right here, we're set right here to shine for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, there are battles going on because you worship here. There are battles going on because you tithe here. There are battles going on because of the example this church gives in an area that I used to come to just for the pizza and the nice river walk. A large herd of pigs, it says, was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. <laughs> Isn't it awesome that Jesus has to give the enemy permission? And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down. If there's 2,000 pigs, there probably was about 2,000 demons, by the way. Rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs, they ran off and reported this in the town of the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. Check this out. Sitting there dressed and in his right mind. Wouldn't it freak you out if you saw someone and they were completely just out of their mind and they were, they were looking, they were dressed in, in a way that, you know, and as a matter of fact, the Bible says that this dude used to run around the cemetery naked. You know what naked is in the Greek? Naked. That's pretty bad. And here he is sitting and in his right mind, fully dressed in his right mind. And they were afraid. His own disciples, they were afraid because they saw such a phenomenal transformation. Man, I want God to transform me to the point where people freak out. I want God to transform you to such a degree that people are like, 
no, no, you're not the same. You're not the same guy. There is just no way. Um, man, I, uh, I'm one of those guys that my mind just immediately goes to a story. So I'm going to tell you a story real fast. Ten-year reunion. Ten-year, I'm not even going to tell you the year it was. <laughs> Ten-year high school reunion. It was 1997, so that kind of puts me in an age group, right? Ten-year reunion, I show up, and, and, and um, I, man, my wife was with me, and she was hot. And, and for all the people that didn't look at me twice in high school, I was able to walk in a place with her and just say, what? <laughs> what now? You see what my God has done? All right. So I walk in, and in my home town, there was this, this little place, and it was known for the bar, but it had really good burgers, so it had like a little restaurant area, and then it had the bar, and all my buddies were at the bar, and I got to walk in there, but out of nowhere, this young lady, I, I, I don't want to say her name because she might watch this on YouTube later, she came to my table, and some of you, if somebody from high school came to the table and you were with your wife, you would be worried about the story that that person had with you in your past. I wasn't worried because <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. God got a hold of me when I was 13 years old and I took it serious. So my <laughs> freshman year of, of high school basketball, everybody had nicknames and they gave me the name Reverend because they had me pray before every game and I actually did a, like a team devotional. So I wasn't worried when she came, but I was, I, honestly, I was I was astonished because she told me, Nick, I got saved. I'm a pastor's wife. And with everything I've seen God do, Pastor Caleb, I'm sitting there going, nah. Not you, but yeah, her. If I was to tell you the background story of this young lady and what, how the enemy tossed her around from relationship to relationship and trying to destroy her, and she's sitting there in front of me, God changed my life. How many of you know that's the change that God wants to do? The kind of transformation where your past no longer is part of your resume. It just doesn't matter anymore. That's not who you are anymore. The Bible says don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind should operate different because of Jesus. You no longer have to look back to how you used to be to measure where you're going. You now have a brand new script, a brand new movie playing in your mind. It starts the day you met Jesus. You're different. The Bible says those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their Region Isn't it just like people, when he comes and sets them free, they sometimes freak out. You mean everything has to change? Listen, Jesus doesn't want to be added unto you. He wants to become bigger in you and you become less. To the point where people start to see Jesus in everything you do and say, Oh, that sounds, it's not religious, folks. It's all relationship. It's all relationship. If you're married, you know that when you got married, you couldn't decorate the house the same way you used to. Come on, dudes. Right? The posters came down. Hello? Pillows started showing up on your bed. The curtains got a little more feminine, and you're like, hey, I'm a man. But because you're in relationship, that relationship changed your living room. 
I don't know what it is about people. Sometimes they come to the Lord and say, Jesus, come into my life, but don't move my furniture. In this case, Jesus had come into the picture and they were saying, uh, can you please leave? Can you please leave? In other words, Jesus, take care of my problem. Just don't touch my pigs. It's the way I make a living. It's, it's, it's what I do. What if, what if Jesus not only saved you, but put you in a different career path? What if he changed your hobbies and he changed the way you speak? And all? What if he really just transformed everything? Jesus wants a relationship, not just a victory. Jesus wants to bring you into his kingdom, not just visit yours. He did something miraculous. They didn't realize the cost, though. The encounter with Jesus sets people free, but also changes lifestyles. I don't change to please him, but because he's pleased with me, I change. You see what the gospel does? And some of us, I know for me, I can speak for myself. I have, I have some similar issues. Uh, Jesus solved my problems. <laughs> Save my pigs, right? Uh, don't, I don't want to let that go. What if he's asking you to? Give me deliverance without a disturbance. Let me choose comfort over character, solve my problem, but let me continue to live the way that I'm used to. There's a promise bigger than your problem. There is a promise more important than your pigs. Jesus took authority over nature, right, when they were out in the sea, and now he took authority over spirits, but the only way to take authority over you is for you to allow him. The Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks, and if you would open that door, he would come in. Jesus doesn't invade your space. Jesus waits till you invite him to take over your space. And when he comes and starts making changes, don't freak out. Allow him to change you because you're not your best you without Jesus. Freed people have a new mindset, right? Freed people don't return to dwell in cemeteries. I know too many people that they came to the Lord, they got saved, but they thought they could still go back to the stuff that used to drag them down in the first place. Listen, don't return to the cemetery. God has new places for you to be. God has new things for you to see. Well, what if I want to hang out with my old friends? Well, then hang out with them. Just don't do it at the cemetery. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Don't do it in those old places. I don't know what it is about music, but some people, they're like, man, I just love the oldies. Okay, well, what did you used to do in the oldies? Oh, that's when I was dating Debbie. Well, then maybe you shouldn't listen to that because you're thinking too much about Debbie and not your new wife, Laura. Okay, I'll, I'll be back next Sunday. <laughs> Hello? We go before the Lord and we say, God, speak to me. And he says, okay, you're in a relationship you shouldn't be in. Get behind me, Satan. You know I'm called to save this man. Jesus has to save that man. If you're here and you're in a relationship and that other person isn't running to the same Christ you are, then you're going to have division and not the kind of unity that God wants in your life. Freed people, they don't return. Freed people, free people. The Bible says about this man at the wrap-up of this story that Jesus sends him home to his own people. He sends him home to his own people. You know why God wants to change you? So that when your own people see you, they see Christ. They see what Christ can do. Where we truly make this a house of freedom, and everywhere we go, we bring freedom because we bring Christ. It's a little part of my testimony. My, my parents are from Mexico. 
I grew up in a Spanish church. We spoke English at home. Sesame Street, by the way, taught me English. So we spoke English to our parents, and they learned English, and they would only speak Spanish to us. So I grew up truly bilingual, right? And my parents met in Florida, and they, they went from state to state. And some of you, you've driven through the Salinas Valley, and you've seen all those people, you know, out there in the fields, you know, picking strawberries and doing that. And you're like, I wonder what that's like. Just come see me after service. I'll tell you all about it. Because that's what it was like for me growing up. God has big plans for people that do minimal things. Hello? And my dad, he had come to Christ before he got married because it had to be a box that was checked before my mom would marry him. You know that kind of salvation? Right? The, the, the dating kind, the oh, I better get right kind. And so the thing is, he really did invite Jesus into his life. So for three years, he battled against the Lord as he departed from any kind of faith. He went right back to the stuff he used to do. And, and my, I have an older sister. Her name is Nellie. And Nellie, from a, a young, young child, she used to sing at the church. And she would just tell my dad, Papi, es domingo. Vamos a la iglesia para oírme cantar. Daddy, let's go to church. Um, because I'm going to sing today and I want you to hear me. And she would pull on his pant leg <laughs> like every Sunday. And my dad tells me this story. He says on one Sunday, he's at a bar. And he's sitting there and having a drink. And just God is not in his mind. And all of a sudden, he feels something pulling his pant leg. And he literally thought that my sister had walked in and done this. And he turns like this. And in Spanish, he says, quítate. Get out of the way. <laughs> there was no one there. Right there on that seat, he said, Holy Spirit, I know you're real change me for real. So the dad I grew up with, I have no idea who that other man was. I have such gratitude in my life because my daddy, before I was ever born, got so right with God that I can't believe the stories from before salvation. I just can't believe that that same man did that other stuff. That's the kind of radical transformation God wants to bring into your house. You may be here and you say, well, I didn't have that story. My dad never came to Christ. You have no idea what my childhood was like. No, I don't. But I know of a Jesus that can set you free. And in your family, you can be the chain breaker. So that one day, your son, your daughter can stand up in front of people and say, I don't know the dad that they told me about in the past. I only know the one that came to Jesus. It's the only one I know. Ladies and gentlemen, we come to this house because Jesus is in this house. But when you come into this house, chains must fall off. Amen? So there's a challenge before you today. Will you just allow Jesus to be Jesus in your life?